Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable. Earlier today, I had the chance to sit down with Creed and discuss his plans for the future and his general outlook on his high school career. So without further ado, let's play the interview. Welcome. You are listening to 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Miles Alvarez, and today I'm joined by a special guest. Our guest today is a graduating senior at MIHS. He was a captain for the MIHS wrestling team and has been a part of the radio program for four years, starring on The Water Break, an award-winning sports talk show, and That's Debatable, a political debate show which he and I host together. Next year, he plans to attend the Air Force Academy. Welcome to the show, Creed Finnefrock. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So the first thing I want to ask is, what moment stands out to you in your high school career? What was your favorite memory? One of my favorite memories at Mercer Island High School was going live for the first time uh, with The Water Break, which is a sports show that I do, uh, and just seeing all the students after school walking by and kind of listening to us. That was a really fun experience for me. And then just, I always had a pretty good time at school, especially around radio overall. Yeah, I like how there's a window like right next to the live room. So oh, it's so great because <laughs> people will walk by and they're slightly confused until they figure out what's actually going on. It, it's pretty fun to watch. What do you think made radio such a great experience for you? I think mainly the teacher Joe was just so amazing. Uh, he was very welcoming. And also my first experience with the radio station, there was like an eighth grade they well, all the eighth graders came to the high school to see what their options were for classes and clubs. And I remember seeing the radio station and I was like super interested. Joe let me go live for a moment and uh, he asked me a question and I made the big mistake of uh, nodding instead of saying <laughs> yes. And it was, it was pretty funny. But that first experience with radio was really amazing for me. Uh, and then from then on, just the class was super fun. Everybody within the radio station was great, and I got to learn a ton of cool skills. So that was why radio was so fun for me, is it yeah. just created a lot of opportunity and helped me, uh, I don't know, it was kind of like a, a super fun hobby. Mm-hmm. It, I didn't even think of it as a class, really. Yeah. I still don't. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I heard you made a PSA about like protecting the fish in eighth grade. Uh, it was, yes, about overfishing. Uh, and then I used that for a project in one of my classes in eighth grade, uh, marine biology, I believe it was. And, uh, that went really well, actually. It was a super fun experience. And, uh, Joe helped teach me how to edit during that whole time. Like I came in before school and he was super willing to help me out, which was great. Yeah. It's always cool to get younger kids involved in like the radio production here. I think there was an elementary school class that had like certain features on this program yeah my brother actually did one of those oh yeah yeah it was really cool what was it about uh i think they were doing like some sort of analysis of history uh and they they did like a little storytelling type thing where it's like a minute long uh and those were pretty fun to listen to yeah my next question is if you could have done anything in high school differently if you could do it over again what would you do differently Honestly, I would have probably tried to be at the school more. So I did Bellevue College running start, which means I never really was at the high school. Uh, And so I didn't really take the time after my 10th grade year to be in the high school at all. And so I didn't get to hang out with a lot of my friends as much as I would have liked. And I kind of lost a little bit of my relationships with people uh, that way. But I think overall, I'm very happy with my high school experience. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just hang around with your friends if you can. Yeah. So for that, you might take less classes at Bellevue College. I, I would have still done Bellevue College and everything. I would have just made it more of a priority to be at the high school uh, instead of just being at home all day. On that topic, what should students that are looking to 
do Running Start? What should they know? Okay. Uh, first thing you know need to know is that it's not easy, and it kind of it does take you away from the normal high school experience. So unless you're doing high school classes and Bellevue College classes, uh, it, I mean, if you're doing full Bellevue College or any Running Start course, really, you're going to be spending a lot more time in that, and you're not going to be around many of the people you know as much. Uh, and the difficulty level steps up a little bit, so you need to be able to prepare to drive yourself because you no longer have teachers checking in on you to make sure you're doing well like you have in high school. Instead, you're the one who's trying to do all that. Um, and so you just need to be able to self-motivate, and I think that's the main, the whole key to the situation. Could you speak to some of the benefits of doing Running Start at Bellevue College? I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. So you get college credits and high school credits at the same time. Uh, you can graduate early. You can also graduate from high school with an associate's degree through Bellevue College and then take that to go to any other college. And instead of doing four years of college, maybe you only do two years and then you can get out into the workforce faster and uh, and then get more experience over time. So that's something really great about Bellevue College. Also, uh, most of the teachers are pretty nice. So, yeah. And then the English and history classes are pretty pretty relaxed too. I actually found them to be somewhat easier than the high school classes, really? which is interesting because I don't like history or English, <laughs> but the math and sciences are harder. So if you're going to do it 50-50, where it's like half high school, half English, my recommend, or not half high school, half English, half high school, half college, I'd recommend doing English and history at the college and then doing math and science at the high school. What do you think you'll miss most about high school? Honestly, uh, I'm going to miss just being around the people and then radio too was really great but the high school environment is really fun there's you're growing up with a lot of people and going through some important phases in life uh you know learning how to drive for the first time and then turning 18 is a big deal and uh kind of just spending four years with people and then suddenly having to leave and everyone goes their separate ways that's not always fun so i'd say that's one of the things i'm going to miss the most about high school do you know anyone who's also planning to go to the Air Force Academy? I, I don't know or a any? single person. What about other military schools? Uh, let's see. I know someone who's planning to go to the Merchant Marine Academy, and that's it. I know some people through, like, family friends that are planning to go to some of these academies. I know a guy who's planning to go to Army, and then I know another guy uh, that I'm pretty close with, and he's actually planning to go to the Air Force Academy. He's at their prep school right now, so that's going to be cool. Could you walk us through what that process was like applying for those military colleges? Oh, man. Uh, it was a long process. So the first thing you have to do is a pre-application form. Uh, and you basically fill out what your GPA is, your interests, uh, what you do athletically and outside of school, what your volunteer experience is, your work experience. You do all that stuff. Once you get through the pre-application phase, you go to a nomination phase where you're trying to work to get a nomination from a senator or a representative. So at that point, you're basically writing quite a few essays. You're doing interviews with the boards for those people. For me in Washington state where we are, it's Adam Smith, Patty Murray, and Maria Cantwell. So I applied to all three for a nomination and you can apply for all the schools for those nominations, uh, all the military schools or just one. I applied for, I think, Air Force and Naval Academy. And then after you go through that whole process, or actually during that process, you're also working on another application, and that's to the Air Force Academy itself, where you're doing other essays, 
you're doing other applications, sending in all your SAT scores, yada, yada, getting a bunch of recommendations. And then once both of those are done, you basically wait for a while and then you hear back. If you get a nomination, that's amazing. You can move on to the next stage. If you don't get a nomination, you're kind of just done there and then try again next year. So once you get the nomination, you still actually have to get into the academy uh, itself. And so there's a physical fitness test, which takes quite a while to prepare if you're not super fit. And then it, I had to work quite hard for that. I actually took it. I did the fitness test at your house. Yeah. Or I was staying training. at your house that week. Yeah. yeah. But um, after the fitness test, if you pass that, it's great. You can keep moving on. Then there's a medical test where you go through a bunch of medical testing. They see if you're healthy enough and whatever. I had issues with that because I reported I had asthma. And so they immediately disqualify you for that. Turns out it was COVID instead, um, instead of asthma, which very lucky that <laughs> it was COVID instead. But anyways, I got through that bunch of waivers and I actually got my waivers denied the first time. So I got denied twice from the Academy. And then I was like, no, I'm going to deny your waiver, your <laughs> deny your denial of me. And so then I actually ended up getting a waiver after doing a bunch more medical tests and things. And anyways, after that, it's a waiting game. You basically wait until March or June, I'd say. So the nominations come around January usually yeah, or February. I got mine right after Christmas, which was great. But then the ap actual acceptances come around. The first acceptances usually happen around March, I'd say. And then the next wave is like middle of April. Next wave is middle of May. And then the very last wave usually is like June 15th or so. That's when it happens. And then basic training starts June 23rd. So some people have like zero time to get ready to go, but they're able to do it. So... Uh, yeah, it's a pretty extensive process. And then actually after you get accepted, you still have more work to do. There's a bunch of tests you have to take for placement and courses. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other forms in preparation. There's a 127 page security form you have to fill out. Wow. It's insanity. Do you um, have to like read through? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I'm did almost it. done with it. Dang. I did the majority of it and now I just have to fill in a couple addresses and whatever, but it's uh, pretty extensive, but it, it's worth it if that's what you want to do in life. So like, could, could you, is it confidential or could you speak to like what's in that 136 pages of waivers? Uh, well, it's a lot of it's like where you used to live and <laughs> okay. uh, what schools you went to, what people know you, yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. So like you actually have to fill in references of like, ah, yes, these people knew me while I lived in this area. Uh, and so if the Academy's ever interested in something about me, they'll contact those people <laughs> and be like, all right, tell us about Creed. Uh, that, that's a possibility. But anyways, there's uh, it, it's nothing really confidential. You actually don't really learn anything confidential until you're actually doing yeah. the Academy stuff. That would make sense. At yeah. this point, they're just trying to determine if you're a traitor or Cause, not. Because some people haven't fully uh, accepted their, uh, Application. their applications. So they've been accepted into the school, but that person themselves still hasn't decided to go yet. So I've made the decision to go, but some people are working on this and still haven't made a full decision. Do you know how selective the congressmen are with their nominations or really how selective. many they get? So each person gets 10 for each academy uh, that they can choose. And then 
usually only one person gets through to the next stage. So each academy gets 10 for each person. So let's see, Patty Murray, Maria Cantwell, Adam Smith, that's 30 total people that I had the chance to fill. There were 30 slots total that I had the ability to get into for the Air Force. But then for the Naval Academy, that's another 30. So that was 60 slots that I had a chance to get in. I got both. Navy and Air Force from Adam Smith, and then I got Air Force from Maria Cantwell, so that was great. And then I got through Adam Smith's process uh, to go to the actual academy. So it's very selective about, I don't know, I think there were 9,700 people or so that applied this year, or actually made it to the applicant stage, and about 1,200 got accepted by the academy. And then usually about 1,100 of those will accept. And then by the end of basic training, there will probably be like 950 or 1,000 left. Yeah. (laughs) Because a good amount of people, not a good amount, but some people do drop out during that time. Uh It seems crazy that you go through this whole long process and then you get to the medical stage and you might just fail. Like you've already gotten a nomination from a congressman. Yeah, no, I got so far and they're like, "Uh, yes, it's not the fact that you're, somewhat blind or you've had a bunch of other medical issues in the past it's the fact that you were told you had asthma turns out it's actually covid but we're disqualifying you for asthma and i was like no i don't have asthma so i submitted myself for a waiver and they're like no we deny your waiver and then that's when i was like no i deny your denial of my waiver and so i ended up having to do a bunch of like asthma breathing tests and like got a bunch of letters from both from like all my doctors saying like Creed is okay. We misdiagnosed him with asthma. With asthma, it was actually COVID. Yeah, um, you had to just get a bunch of second opinions and third opinions oh, from it was insane. shady doctors that not shady. say you don't have asthma. <laughs> not shady. They're cool doctors. Yes, but uh, that was actually during the wrestling season that I got COVID. So that was not fun because we actually had to take a two week period off of wrestling because me and a couple other guys got COVID. Yeah. Was that this last season or yeah, before? Yeah, this season. Oh. Yeah. So that was unfortunate because uh, it was like right in the middle of our season. So we didn't get to have any winter break practices. Yeah. So going a little broader, what made what made you want to join the Air Force in the first place? I wanted to fly planes. That's my main reason is I really want to be a pilot. Uh, I grew up being on planes all the time because, you know, flying back and forth, to America and China and all these other countries I spent time in, I was always on planes. And I I was like, well, might as well learn how to do it. So I got pretty interested in it. I learned about the opportunities at the academy uh, with engineering. They're like one of the top schools in the entire country. I think maybe number three or so for engineering and pretty much everything else. There's also, it's not like a normal college experience either. Like there's a lot of physical fitness and uh, military stuff that's happening at the same time as you're going through really uh, awesome but difficult classes. Yeah. So it that was it was very appealing to me to know that, hey, I'm going to be challenged here, but I'm going to get to do a lot of things that I'm super interested in. I mean, they have a rock climbing team there, which is awesome. Really? So I'm totally going to join that. Um, I'm not great at rock climbing, but I love it. So <laughs> that's what I'm planning to do. And then you know, my main goal is to become a pilot. So it's the best place to go if yeah. you want to become a pilot. Everyone tries to argue with that. They're like, oh, but Navy has more planes. And I'm like, yes, that's true. However, I don't want to be stuck 
flying like <laughs> from a big boat. I don't want to be on a big boat all the time. So I'd rather just fly off of land, stay above land, whatever, all that stuff. So yeah, I feel that. And the Academy actually gets first choice for all the military pilot slots oh, because yeah. it's not everybody who goes through the Academy can become a pilot. It's just the military is like, all right, we have this many pilot slots this year. The Academy gets the first picks, the Air Force Academy, and then the Naval Academy gets the second picks. And then everything else can get the third or, you know, from there to fill up the rest of those pilot slots. So so yeah. in, in wartime, is it always just the Navy who's flying the planes? Like No. on the But like on the aircraft carriers? Yes, that's Navy. Okay. Air, aircraft carriers are Navy. That's Top Gun is Navy. Um, if and I mean, most people have probably seen that, but that whole thing is Navy. Yeah. Yeah. So well, then do the, do the planes have like a pretty long flying range if they can just take off from land? Yeah. So pretty much any plane has a long flying range, right? And then there's also in air refuels if it needs to be done. So planes can fly really far. In air refills? What, are, yeah. what is that? So basically they're the plane will have to slow down a little bit, but they, they have a little, uh, not all planes, some of them do, especially like the cargo planes. Those usually have these like tubes that extend from the front, a helicopter or a different plane that is filled with fuel will go in front, drop down a little like cord for gas to go through. And then it'll attach to the front of the tube on the plane that needs fuel. And then it'll run fuel through and it'll <laughs> fuel up the plane that uh, needs fuel, and then the plane that fueled it up will just go down, land back at base or whatever. And so that that first plane can just keep on flying. Wow, it's pretty cool. It, it's crazy. fun to watch, and I don't know. I I definitely look it up. It's pretty cool. I think we just found the Blue Angels' next stunt maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do that type of stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, do you feel prepared for the challenges that face you in the Air Force? And if so, what was it that you think prepared you? Okay, <laughs> that's a good question. I feel pretty prepared. Uh, I obviously don't know everything I'm gonna be faced with. You can't know everything you're gonna be faced with, like. but I feel pretty prepared. I've done a lot of practice and prep leading up to mainly basic training. I think that's the first like goal that I have to get through. Like I have to get through this. Uh, but one thing that helped me prepare for at least a school year part is doing Bellevue College because it helped me get the experience with how college classes work. And it helped me understand that I really need to push myself. And I now know there's a jump in difficulty. And so I'm able to work at that level now, which is great because that'll help me at the academy. Obviously it's gonna be harder at the academy, but I'm still able to understand and adapt to that. And then uh, physical fitness is something they really value at the academies. And so uh, I've been trying to work out as much as I can. That's been great. And then. I, uh, preparing for everything else, like I spent this year living at my friend's house while my family moved to Arizona. And so being away from home, that kind of prepared me a bit for actually officially going off to college where you can't be with your family anymore. Yeah. So I think a lot of things have just landed in the right place for me to be able to feel comfortable and ready, even though I know it's going to be difficult. Uh, and I know some people who have gone through the academy or are planning to go or have gone through like the prep school. Uh, actually one of my friends is in the prep school, as I said earlier. And so we're going to be in the same year going into the academy, which is great. So he can help me out in anything probably yeah. <laughs> military wise. The military is, so you have four years in college and then 
You're committed to five, is it? Minimum five years. Okay. So you actually aren't locked in until your junior year at the academy. Mm. So you can drop out up until the first day of your junior year. As soon as you do that first day of your junior year, you're locked in for the next two years of school plus five-year minimum of active service. If you want to be a pilot, it's a 10-year minimum, usually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's that's my plan. Become a pilot, be in the military for quite a while, and then uh, maybe go and fly commercial after that. So would you live in the dorms there? Yeah, so there's dorms. Be? You live on the academy. In your freshman year, it's, it's kind of funny. You can only leave base on Sundays or, and then three other times a month on Fridays or Saturdays. Yeah. So it's pretty restrictive the first year. And then after that, it gets more and more relaxed. And by your senior year, you're able to leave, you know, every Sunday, every Saturday, pretty much. And some other times if you want. Yeah. Do you have to pay for housing there? No, everything is provided for. Wow. Like literally every single part. The only thing that happened, you actually get paid to go there. Fun fact. How's that? Uh, so you get about, I think, 1200 a month maybe in your freshman year. That goes directly to you for your personal use. But everything else in your life is paid for. So really you can just hold on to that and not do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, obviously a lot of people want to use it. However, in that first year, uh, you do get a certain amount from those paychecks taken out for books, for uniforms, that stuff, uh, which I think in total you make like thirteen to 14000 14, in your first year at the academy, and about 10000 of that gets taken from those paychecks to pay for everything else. But then the next year it's a lot cheaper because you already have a lot of those items. And then every single year you get an increase in pay. Yeah. Uh, so actually you get paid to go to the academy, uh-huh. and you basically have your life taken care of but obviously that's in exchange for extra years of service afterwards what you're doing is not supposed to be easy either and so it's for really only people who are super committed to it yeah and like all your basic needs are going to be covered so yeah so so don't go because your entire life's going to be somewhat paid for that i would not recommend that being your only reason uh, you have to have many other reasons to actually want to go there. Yeah. So, I wonder but if- that's part of why I wanted to go is because I was like, I don't want to have to pay for college. I, I've seen, you know, people go into college debt and whatever, and I don't want to have to deal with that. What are my options? Well, I want to fly. I don't want to have to pay for college. And I want to have a not normal college experience. And I would like to serve our country. And so all four of that kind of just met in the perfect spot. Yeah, that's great. So I think to wrap it up, my last question will be, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself flying planes for the U.S. military in 10 years. That's that's what I see myself doing. Uh, I don't know exactly what type of plane I'm going to fly or I even want to fly, but that's what I'm seeing myself doing in 10 years is being a pilot. So that's, I mean, that's kind of all I can say about it. It's That's all I really want to do. So, Do you think you'll plan to have a family when you're older? Probably. I'd like to. But, you know, that's for later, not for now. On the right. next episode. On the next, yeah. uh, sure. On the next episode. We could do a follow-up interview. That would be fun. I could interview <laughs> you for the next one. All right, Miles. So what's your plan for the future? Where do you Uh-oh. see yourself in 10 years? I see I'm myself. I'm asking the hard questions. Somewhere in a building. <laughs> Probably sleeping. <laughs> just down your ha- at your house. Yeah. Just taking a nap. That sounds mm-hmm. nice. That's like Maybe exactly I can see years. myself doing that in 10 years. Yep. Yeah. I never asked you like broadly. I, I'm just talking about like 10, 10 years. 
Zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. Oh, what exact thing? What will exact thing will you be doing? Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna say I'm eating a Subway sandwich. Okay, we're not sponsored by them, by the way. Wow, that'd be cool if we were. Imagine being sponsored by Subway. That'd be great. The NFL would know how that feels. Yes. Unfortunately, we are a public radio station, so we can't do that. Wait, we're a, we're a school, school radio a station. school radio station, so we can't do that. Actually, maybe. I could join a not school radio station and then get sponsored by Subway. Maybe that's what I'll be doing in 10 years. Does the Air Force have a radio station? It, the Academy does. Is it just uh, like communication they, between generals? <laughs> not, they definitely have stations for those, but uh, they do have like an actual radio station. What do they play? Music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <but> like, <laughs> is yeah. it like what do 50s you mean? military chance no no it's like an actual <laughs> legitimate station it's like our high school station oh, so they just play like normal songs yes yeah yeah so it's it's not just that however i will hear quite a few military songs in my time at the academy that's good when you come back i, I expect you will be a fabulous singer creed oh no that's uh, a. <laughs> I, I don't think i'm gonna be a fabulous singer i can try i'll try my best but uh yeah i don't know if i'll be a fabulous singer yeah, I know the MIHS kids that are doing music, AP music theory, they have to sing in the class. Seriously? Yeah. And they That's don't even... That's kind of scary. But it's weird, though. The music they do isn't like normal music. It's, I think, 1700s music is what they say. Huh. It's very fundamental type of music that everything is based on. That's really interesting. I I would not really want to do that myself. <laughs> I like singing, just not in front of everyone. Yeah. Or anyone, really. Yeah, they had to sing on their final, even. It's crazy. Ugh. I mean, hopefully it's not based off of how good you sound, because... <laughs> yeah, I maybe. mean, I don't think I'd pass that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I my, my voice is all right for radio, but not super great for singing. And with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Creed, for doing this interview with me. Yeah, it was super fun. Thanks for having me. You can catch the show we host together, That's Debatable, every Thursday at 7 a.m. But for now, keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge.